Yo, welcome to the Full Charge Power Hour. Um, <laughs> Dual citizenship version with uh, the Louis Katz podcast. Am I getting that title right? Yeah, that's it. Very yeah, cool. yeah, it's easy to remember for me. Yeah, most not, creative, maybe not for other people. Most creative title in, in podcast history. Yeah, I like I it. I like it. It's minimal. <laughs> um, this is part one. Part two, you're going to find on iTunes at the Louis Katz podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you called me up, man. Yeah. I haven't fucking seen you. I've just been sitting in this apartment doing my taxes. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I paid those yesterday. Oh, the, the amount of money I made. Last year was so depressing. Yeah, that's you can't win with taxes because you're either just looking at um, and I have bank statements mixed in with this, with receipts and stuff. Oh and yeah. So I'll look at my bank balance and be like, ah, oh, eighteen dollars. Jesus Christ! I should have just killed myself. <laughs> but uh, you're screwed either way because if you have a bad year, it's depressing. If you have a good year, it's just like I'm giving away yeah. so much money and I don't think I have any of it left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or totally. not, not enough anyways. I mean, the, th- the problem is because we don't, we don't get salaries. We're not waged wages. Yeah, for you those know? that don't know, we work as freelancers or independent contractors. 1099s. And, uh, we get money. We get checks with no taxes taken out. Good luck. Deduct your plane fare, deduct your meals, hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's the best is when you, when you, if you get a, like a writing job or something like that, or even like an act, even even when they paid us for the, our specials. When that, they, yeah, uh, you told me about that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I ran into you in Poughkeepsie that year, and you were like, you were, oh, like, yeah. you were like, man, the, um, the half hour special thing really saved my ass. Because there's a lot of taxes taken out, like like 35% is yeah, taken yeah. out yeah. with those things. Yeah. They act like uh, you're uh, doing weekly half-hour specials, and you're just going to be making that money all fucking year. Yeah, so you get all excited, because I think we can talk about this. What? I don't feel bad talking about how much it pays. But I can't remember. To be it paid $15,000. Oh, man, I remember and it being so much more. You get it, well, because <laughs> it felt like more. Because it's all at once. Yeah. Well, but but it's not all at once, because you really end up making about... Nine thousand, and then they give you a ridiculous amount of travel. Did you get travel since you were in New York? You probably don't remember. Sounds. I would guess that I didn't. So I thanks think, for I reminding me, so I can feel bad now. I, no, I, I think remember. it's some kind of loophole they give you. They're like, yeah, we're we're, we're killing you with the taxes, but uh, we'll give you some money. But we're going to give you this money that can't be taxed. I think is kind of how they do oh, it. That's so you walk with like ten, eleven thousand. That's not bad. Mm-mm. It's not bad, except no. when you add up like, oh, this is ten years of my life that it took to write these fucking yeah, jokes. It depends on how you look at it. But these days, it's like here's it's how you less... want to look at it if you want to think positively about us, because like some people don't get to do the half hour special, so some people don't even get rewarded for that ten years. Yeah, but it's true. You're not you 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 really if you you can say to yourself, man, I just made fifteen thousand dollars in thirty minutes. Which if you want to <laughs> you know shit on people at Thanksgiving when your cousin starts talking about their stocks and shit, you'd be like, have you ever made fifteen thousand dollars in a half an hour? I don't think you have. Suck my dick. <laughs> but you're actually right. It's about five years. Well, ten years. Some of those jokes. Well, the first. I mean, the first. You know, the half hour is like my first. You know, the first half hour. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It was the first half hour. So yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was like it's all. It's funny how you can like flip it either way. It's like it depends how you want to do it. Like if it's like you're trying to prove like how hard you work, or no. you like you can flip it the other way where it's like, oh, you think I'm only working an hour a night, but I have to fly there. It de- I have to sit in this hotel all day. Like you don't understand. It you depends know? on who you're trying to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking to your girlfriend, it took ten years. <laughs> when you're talking to your rich friends, it took a half an hour. <laughs> exactly. We were talking about like um, you're saying like that's the positive way to look about it. Yeah. Look at it. And before we, before we turn on the mics, you were talking yeah, about like yeah, 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 yeah. positivity. Or- so yeah. So 
with with my sense of humor and my career and, and my personality and just like uh, I don't want to say my upbringing especially, but but there wasn't like a whole lot of positive thinking going on. There is and there isn't. Like like my parents are really cool and and they're like pretty much told me I could do whatever I want. But then they'd also be like, I remember one time I told my dad like. Yo, I got this script, and someone's gonna look at it, and I, like then maybe I'll sell it. And he was like, "Don't hold your breath." So yeah. there's there, there's that realism. It's not yeah. like a full on hippie, which I think is cool. I don't I don't I think there's cool to have a balance. Yeah. But anyways, I got pretty far deep into thinking like it was cool to think negatively. A lot of comics think negatively. A lot yeah. of the people I hung out with thought negatively, and I thought that was kind of a good thing, and it, and it seemed to work for me for a long time. It seems like you, you don't realize that you think you're being realistic when you're really right. being cynical. Right, 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 right. That's a fine line. And, you know, you, um, so I got to a point where, like, we'll call it 2012, where, like, things weren't going my way. Or you can call it 2012, just a random number. Well, though, that was the year <laughs> where, like, shit hit the fan for me. Okay. As far as all of a sudden, like, I, I had some, I had some, I had a good run with making money doing comedy. And I, I had a year after the special, then right? Just we taped it in 2010, yeah, and it came out in 2011. So like almost exactly a year later, the dust had settled. Yeah, I didn't have a huge road career. Yeah, a uh, drop off after that. Ripper. I wasn't opening for Tosh anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, because well, for whatever reason, but but part of it is, all right, you're a fucking, you graduated from college now. You got your half hour special, you know. Uh, but a lot like graduating from college, you can't always get a job <laughs> just because you have a degree. Exactly. And maybe it used to work that way when he was when he had his half hour. It it did, and and that wasn't like a reason he gave me or anything like that. And and I still worked for him from time to time, and and did at the time. But it became less of a a, a steady thing. So, and I you know I had a lot of pride in the fact that I was making a living as a comedian. Did you also, see? That's what I found. I found that it was like the year after I thought. Because of the year after the presents, I was getting a lot of headlining work, mostly fallouts and shit like that. But yeah, I was still yeah, getting yeah, it, yeah, and yeah, I was no. like, "Oh, so this is it? So now I'm now it's this forever." Right? None of those clubs brought me back. Yeah, None yeah, of yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, most clubs didn't bring me back, and I didn't get enough. I got like work for like six months, and then it just really, really dropped off. Mm-hmm. So, and at the time, uh, my my girlfriend at the time, we lived together for a couple years. She split on me. Damn. Uh, Out of nowhere, what? Yeah, out of nowhere because she didn't even know because I still had plenty of money in the bank. She had, and I was paying all the bills, so she wasn't like, "Oh, this guy's a loser now. I'm out of here." Mm-hmm. She had just kind of had enough for whatever reason. It was it was really out of the blue. We were getting along really well, and then she was just like gone. And Jesus. I didn't I didn't press it too hard because, well, first of all, I saw her like immediately going out with other dudes on Facebook. Oh God! And also, I was like. Um, you know, I think I'm borrowing from Adam Carolla here a little bit. Somebody wants to break up with you. I don't need to hear a huge explanation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You're gone. You don't want to be here. I'm paying the bills. I'm be, I'm doing the best I can. If you don't like me, then then good good for you. Get out of here. Yeah, and why would you want them anyway? Mm-hmm. Why would you Why would you want someone who doesn't want you? Because they're just going to do it later. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it doesn't. It didn't puzzle you. You were able to do that. I don't think I could do that. I think you're right, and I'd still want to know, which is horrible. Well, I think I, I think I could pretty much figure it out. I think she was just, you know, as, you, as a dude, you can kind of understand it. 
It's like, oh, she's just sick of this and she wants to, she wants to get out. But she's not like an arguer or a fighter. She's not going to try to work it out. She just wants to, to go. Yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot of reasons. Uh, and it's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. All right, what am I going to do? Yeah. Because at that point, for me too, I'm not one of these guys that's going to argue about it. Like if that's what you really want, it takes a lot of balls to tell me that. So go ahead. And what are you trying to convince them? Like, no, really. Right. I no, mean, I'm what? really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't think I'm really great, I've off. tried my best to show you that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. At that point, um, I, I also started the Crab Feast podcast, but that, that paid zero money. Mm-hmm. Just zero money. And uh, I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do. To like make money, I thought about going back to like my old job and stuff. I used to work at a video duplication place. That job would have fucking. There's no video huh. duplication anymore. <laughs> uh, and some friends of mine offered me a uh, a place to stay in New York. And when I got there, I wasn't crazy about it because it wasn't a big enough room and it didn't have any doors and they had to walk through it. Uh-huh. So I was used to. For a couple months, let's say nine months after my girlfriend broke up with me, I had my own place that was, it was a one bedroom, but it was even bigger than this. It was like a really big living room. Awesome. And I would, for the first time in my life, I was living by myself. I couldn't, I knew I wouldn't be able to afford it from, for longer. So I was thinking about getting roommates anyways, or going to, just moving out. Um, but and then I, I did start working when I was in New York. Like, like I got a uh, manager who was like kind of getting me some headlining stuff, but it still wasn't enough money to get by. Yeah. Then I was new in New York. I, I didn't see where I, I fit into New York. You got to start when you move to a new city. You have to start doing shows you probably wouldn't do at home in yeah. front of like eight people. Yeah. Uh, Fucking sucks. Uh, and a lot of the even people, after wait, this is even after the presents. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I could get on shows at like Creek in the Cave and stuff like that, yeah. but. You know, there's a real stink on Los Angeles out in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're not going to watch my half hour to see if they like it. They're going to say, oh, this guy's got a half hour. He, so, you know, some places I fit in, some places I didn't. Like, like we used to work at, uh, what, The World? Is that what it was called? With yeah, Aaron yeah, Haber. yeah, yeah. So that was, that was sight unseen. He's like, come on down. Yeah, but it was stage time. It wasn't money. Yeah. So, and, and that's what I was back to, too. It was very confusing. I went from, like, getting paid to just, like, trying to convince the New York comedy scene that I was worth booking for no money. And like I said, I, I did plenty of spots out there. And, and it wasn't all like misery. It was a lot of great stuff. It's a great city. Um, it, it, I have fun times. I have friends out there. You were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found myself thinking about things very negatively. And, I, and then at that point, I was hanging out with comics that weren't even... That successful, and they were very negative. The comics that weren't successful. Oh yeah, they're super bitter. Yeah, and like I remember people offering me jobs like waiting tables, and I'm like, I don't know how to wait tables. And I was like, it was like all very depressing to me that I couldn't have the life I had a year and a half ago. A year and a half prior, I was on tour. I had to leave the tour with Tosh to go tape the half hour special. Awesome. And it was just like heaven on earth, you know. And now all of a sudden I can barely pay my bills and I've got like roommates and I'm living in a shithole because I, I had to rent a room for much more than I thought. But but now I'm like living in someone else's house that I don't know that well. <laughs> it's kind of gross. And she's a chef, so I can't really use the kitchen. That's like her way workstation and stuff. Jeez. And I got like really bummed out. 
and I bought this book. Uh, it's, I always hated this book. I always hated when people, when I first moved to LA in the late nineties, I remember I was working, um, at the, uh, the sunset five, the Lemley sunset five on Crescent Heights and yeah. sunset. Is it still a Lemley or no, it's, still there, it's the same movie theater, but now it's called like, um, it's called something different. I don't think it's owned by the same people. It's still an art house movie theater. Though. Yeah. It's called like sunset movie theater or yeah. something. And it's the same deal. Yeah. Different people. And I remember like, I was, I was like. I messed up some math or something because they didn't even have computers. That's how fucking <laughs> chill they were. I messed up some math and she's and this this customer was like, I was serving popcorn and she goes, "Oh, this change is wrong." And I, I was like, "Ugh!" I got like real. I went like, "Ugh!" And she goes, "Hey, don't sweat the small stuff." And I wanted a fucking killer. <laughs> like my whole life, I even had a bit about it when I was an open micer. Don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> and I'd list all the shit and going on my I'm like my whole all my whole life is the small stuff. <laughs> uh, and it, like that shit is, got on my nerves. Isn't that Kevin James's special is called that? Sweat the small stuff. Isn't I it think it? I yeah. think that might be it. So that was like a self help movement. And I've read that book. What's uh, the book called? It's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. I've read that since. Well, let's just say I saw this book. I was I was working in uh, the Connecticut Funny Bone. Um, and it's in a mall, like all fucking comedy clubs. Yeah, you get the best clientele that way. The best audience is that way. <laughs> These are people that know to spend their free time. <laughs> and I'm walking around. I go into this bookstore, and you kids don't know what that is. It's like where they used to have literature, and it said um, there was "Don't sweat the small stuff about money." And I was like fucking sweating money because, like, yeah. I was like, I even took a job. That was another thing that was bothering me. I took a job at a hair salon. I didn't tell anybody at the time. No, I, t- I think I told you. I told you. But I took a job at a hair salon, and I'm like a receptionist at a hair salon. <laughs> and it's just fucking killing me. Because it's a tough job on top of it all. They didn't have computers either. So I'm like doing this book. Oh, man. I'm doing this thing. It's not my skill set, you know? <laughs> Side note, it was kind of cool working there, though, because like there was tons of women. Yeah. And I was so beaten up by the comedy business and the comedy scene that I kind con- and the internet... That I kind of started to think that I wasn't really that funny. And god damn, if everybody didn't laugh at everything I said at that hair salon, dude. I was just tearing it up. And people were falling in love with me. I Bro, swear to funny. God. Um, but I saw this book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff about money. Mm-hmm. And I start reading it. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting this. Okay, I got it. And the book was really good for me at the time. Um, I don't even know where to start with this shit. But what, what we you? were talking about specifically was if someone asks you how you're doing, don't start listening to your problems. Just go, oh man, things are cool. And if they want specifics, either like put a, a positive slant on what you're doing or make some shit up. <laughs> because now all of a sudden yeah. you're fun to be around. You got shit going on. But you, you, you'll you, I've I've been on either side of it. I've listed like this sucks, that sucks, and that sucks. And everybody's like, oh, cool, all right, all right. And I didn't even realize it at the time. I wonder, but, I didn't even, see, I've, I've been, I brought this up because I've been having that problem where I'm mm-hmm. just being honest with how I'm doing and it's right, like all right, these right. problems. Well, because... And, and, and <laughs> now you've added a new worry on top of it that people are not liking to be around me. I just thought it was just making me feel shit. I love you no matter what. <laughs> Thank you. All right, and, and a part of me says, like, if you're talking about how many problems you have, be quite honest with you, I'm like... Cool. Louis is a funny fucking comedian. 
he's really fucking funny. If he's going through it, that makes me feel a lot better. But I think as a general rule, what the book says is kind of kind of good. Now, don't go the other way. No one likes a fucking uh, bragger. Everything's great. Yeah. It's going on. This is going on. Ugh, this horrible. is going on. Keep it short. Things are good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> then I said, well, like, what's going on? What's cooking? Like, you can still, then you maybe find some work or something. I don't know. But the, the, the thing about with, like, hanging with comics is we're like, we have this little code where we have to be honest with each other. So even, Do you think that's true? Yeah, so... I feel like... I, yeah, I feel like it's part of what it is. Like, it's uh, part of the culture. So say you're working w- with a comedian somewhere for the week, mm-hmm. and you don't know them, uh-huh. and they'll go, does your girlfriend eat your asshole? <laughs> right, first of all, they're starting there. <laughs> that's how comics start. Yeah. And then you have to answer honestly, because that's like... That's our whole religion. It's like let's explore reality. Let's report on it. Let's, let's be honest. Let's let's get to the bottom of all this. That's, shit. That's what I say. That's my saying about one of the one of my many sayings that I keep bringing up over and over about the PC thing is that like everyone wants comedy to be righteous now, and honesty is by nature not righteous. It no, is honest, no, no, and, it's, no. and sometimes it's horrible. If you're being yeah, honest yeah, with yeah. yourself, sometimes you think horrible things. Yeah, you so, do. Yeah. You do. And then that's what's kind of funny about it. Someone goes, "Oh my god, I think horrible things too." Yeah, yeah. What what what. what a comedy show is not celebrating the horrible things. They're celebrating the fact that we all have to go through yeah, these and, horrible and, things. And, and transcending them, mm-hmm. hopefully. you know. This book, man, and I'm still dealing with the philosophies of this book because I was telling you, like, I've got like maybe two or three uh, weeks of work left, and I'm like, so, so how's that going to work? And yeah. to recreate a joke, I said, <laughs> I don't come from that kind of family, man. <laughs> like, I don't. Like, I want to work every week. I want to work every day. I'll work yeah. seven days a week if I can. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm actually listening to my... I've never listened to a non, like... I've, I've read two maybe self-help books, but all about just getting, like... This what, is the only self-help done. book I like. I'm listening to the first one now because I've been having rage crazy. And I told you this when... when you're with me in New Orleans. I told you a little bit about it. Like, yeah, I was having very a lot of like very negative stuff. I think even on, on the here. podcast, you told me you told me you were just like you, you were like you went through the thing that everybody goes through. Like, well, fuck this. Well, I'm not in. I'm not in this business anymore. Yeah, yeah, and it continued. You can't fire me because I quit. <laughs> <laughs> it that was, type of it shit. Was, so we came from that to like other stuff when I moved here. Like, kind of just being in like. I'd been in a long distance relationship and started the pressure of it being long distance changed when I moved here because it was different time zones and it made it all very a little more difficult sure, to connect sure. and stuff like that. And so I kept wanting, thinking I should see a therapist, but I never had the time or the money. And then I, so now I'm reading, I'm listening to this on book on tape. I'm listening to self help thing. It's called what's it called? But the funny thing about it is it's about it's about this dude who like keeps treating like fucking billionaires who are still sad. Right, he's like, right, right, no, these right. people, and I'm like, man, if I had a billion dollars, I would not be sad. I would not like to see this guy. Another thing about it is the dude's name is Gay Hendricks, which sounds like a hilarious <laughs> sketch. Gay yeah. Hendricks, <laughs> yeah, his name's Gay <laughs> Hendricks. I just picture, I just wish he talked like a gay Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> right? You know? That would be but, so great, but he doesn't. But um, purple hey. <laughs> no, excuse me while I kiss this guy, right? <laughs> right there you go. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of helping to some extent. Although some of the examples, like I said, I can't relate to. But man, it's like. I don't know. I just needed some shit. Yeah. It's just like, it's weird how you just need someone else to tell you something and then you can do it. Like one of those advice is like, you think something negative, like just see it, think about it and then stop thinking about it. Like that's so obvious, but like I needed someone else to tell me that and I can, and it's like, I could, I turned it on like that. It was like nothing. Like I was like, oh, I can just do that. 
and I right. see, I think of the worry and some negative shit coming into my head, yeah. and I'm just like, fuck that thought, and I just push it off, and I the, can do that now. Yeah, because you think like worrying about it will help. You think if you keep yeah. on your ass that it'll help. But there's yeah. enough reality in this physical world that you're going to concentrate on paying rent. You don't need to like worry about it all day. Yeah. And by nature, you like doing comedy. You like doing what you do. You're going to work towards it. You're going to work towards success. Yeah. Um, and one of these things, and, I'm, and I've been thinking about it today, is like... Sometimes you just like back the fuck away from it. That's like it's just like you're trying too hard. I'm gonna do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. You're hitting up people for work. You're hitting up. Sometimes you just be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna take a week off." <clears throat> oh no, Your definitely. Phone will blow up. Well, a thing that's tough with comedy, also just especially, is like we're talking about like the work hours this way or that way. But because we kind of because we enjoy it so much, yeah. I mean, I've noticed it. There's times where like I will wake up. I will start working and I won't stop working in one way or the other till I go to sleep. You know what I, I mean? I know, like, me too. Yeah. And that would be on a day where I told myself, hey, you're taking the day off. Yeah. And I'll go, but I want to do this. I want to do this. And oh, you know what? I want to go through my voice recorder and see what shit I came up mm-hmm. with. And just like, it seems like little things. It never seems like that much work, but really you've been like steady, concentrating on this one thing, like, from when you open your fucking eyes, you fucking close them at night, and that's, it's it's called an obsession, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Um, and we have it; otherwise, we would have never gotten into it in the first place. Yeah, because it takes a lot. Even like, even the like, you know, you want to get on stage so bad before you've done comedy, mm-hmm. but you're scared to fucking do it. It goes against all reason. That's how obsessed you are. I gotta do it. Yeah, I'm gonna go up there. You take a beating on stage. You go up again. I feel like it goes against more reason. All reason now when I when it's like, yeah. Then yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. what you got nothing to lose? And I was like, uh, you've gained nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But I don't know. It's like, like I said, the book is helping me, or the book on tape is helping me. Like, I've just start. I'm only a quarter through way through it, but it's like, man, it's just like. It just doesn't help. All that negative shit just doesn't help. It like and it piles on. It doesn't help and it doesn't do anything. So did you did you come out of New, that trip to New York feeling better because of that book? Or you like New York was a kind of a disaster trip in two thousand twelve? No, New York became a beautiful thing around the time, and not just because of that book, but it was like after a while you stop expecting to leave the Tosh tour to go on your half hour special taping. Mm-hmm. You, you start to deal with your reality, and that was another part of the book. It was like, um, this was very this was very true to me. It was like. Hey, uh, stop bitching about the way things should be. Because that was a lot of the thing. It was like, I have a half hour special. I've done this. I've done this. Mm-hmm. I should be here. Well, you're not. So what are you going to do now? It's true. It's like I, feel like, I feel like a lot of my complaining is justified. But at the same time, it's like no one owes no one's owed anything. That's, that's, you know what I mean? That's, that's it. And, and it's, you think of entitlement as of people who like really haven't haven't paid their dues right. and are expecting stuff. But it also counts for people who've paid their dues. Like, no one's entitled to fucking jack shit. That's you something know? I, I had to learn, and that was a concept I wasn't familiar with, because, and then again, hanging out with comics, and I have a philosophy on why they do this, they'll go, Louie, you gotta have our special. You should be working 50 weeks a year. Yeah. And the reason why they say that is because they haven't thought past getting their half-hour special. Yeah. And so if it didn't work for you, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They're fucked. And so they might not even know that. They've got this like animosity towards you or like this this oh come on. Come on. You know, you should be if I was you, I would be doing this, 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 and this. Well they just have no Now you're the sad billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to them. I mean yeah, some there's definitely always someone who you're doing better than. And it's also oh fucking fucking lost my, my train of thought, but um oh what the fuck? This is horrible. That's okay. It'll come back to you. And let me just say, oh, do you, do you think you're going to get it? It was Just tell me what we were just talking about. This is great listening for the people. What, what oh, was, oh, it was just about like, uh, you know, you, you should be somewhere, but you're, but you're not. Oh, I think the other thing that the reason why my people are, it comes up in comedy a lot is because there's, there is no, there's no reason to it. There's no, there's no control over, I mean, there's almost no control over standup itself. Whereas you could do something that it's, it's the only thing where you could do something that works ninety five percent of the time, and then five percent just doesn't, doesn't work. And work. I'm talking about just jokes, and then beyond that, the business of it is completely unpredictable and not fair, and all those things. And so, so the reason people are upset is that they're trying to apply logic and trying to see how can I control this or how can I try and plan things out when it's completely it's fucking chaos. And part and of that, so stressful. and part of that is higher ups going, you need to plan this out. You need to like be strategic. Yeah, you can control this. No, 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 no you can't. No, no, no. Yeah, you put in the work and you show up and you fucking take it from there. Yeah, and fuck, fuck these these agents and managers. <laughs> you know who you are, uh, unless you want to represent either Louis or I. Are you still on rep? Oh, I'm on reps. No, I, I have an agent, but did I, <laughs> I'm thinking about calling him. <laughs> did I tell you like? I ran into my agent at the comedy store and I didn't know he was my agent. That's hilarious. I'm talking to him for five goddamn minutes before I realize he's my fucking agent. That's nuts. Your main guy too or no? No, he's not my main guy, but there's only three people that work there. And by the <laughs> way, I was bombing for the first three minutes of my set. You're not going to throw full charge a bone? You're not going to try to stir it up a little bit? Throw in some fake laughter? You piece of shit. You work for me, you cunt. <laughs> But to answer the question, was New York a total disaster? No, because like I started to feel really good about myself there. Uh, I started to feel, and and I started to get the groove of the comedy scene there. Mm. The reason I'll tell you the reason I left in a second. How long were you there? Then I was only there for nine months, but I started to catch the groove. I started to get along with all the comics. I started to like um, realize I was like attractive to women again. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I started, you know, I I felt like I like I was I was really starting to enjoy it to a certain degree. I I, I never liked my living situation. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but it's the reason why I left New York, and it and it I kind of wish it didn't go down this way, but I didn't see any other alternative at the time. Um, my ex girlfriend from she grew up out here in L.A. Mm-hmm. and we went out from like 2000 to 2002. She lives out there, um, and oh, she worked at a bar. Would you stay in touch? I mean, this is, so you haven't been dating in a decade. She was always very, like, very much like, come, come to my bar. I'll give you drinks. Come in there. We we just got along so well, uh, mm-hmm. and I ended up at this place in Williamsburg because it was like actually another. Um, it was it was her friends. Let's just leave. Let's just keep the short answer. It was her friends. Right. And she's like, her roommate left, and she's like, "Come live with me. It's cheaper." Um, really? All this shit. She like, she's like, "Come live with we me." Guys hook, wait, were you guys hooking up or not? No, 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 no. 
Not at all. And so this is a dumb move, but she like played it. She played me so hard. She was like, come live with me. The place was better. Classic New York mistake. I know. <laughs> I know. I paid the price. I mean, I had this like really small room, but things were working. Mm-hmm. Things were working. Wait, so you started hooking up once you moved in? No, 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 no. Okay. The opposite. The first fucking day I show up, she starts talking to me like I'm eight years old, yelling at me, bitching at me. She felt like that comfortable with me about like, this is where the fucking dishes go when they're washed and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my what God. The, the day you move in? Get out of here. The week? <laughs> no, first of all, she talked me into like moving there. She's like, I'll move you. I got a car. We'll move. So I call her like, all right, I'm ready to move my stuff. And she's like, well, I don't really have time today because this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, oh my God. Jesus. Uh, I call up a friend to like just just talk to somebody mm-hmm. somebody lived in california by the way everyone in la is like matt you need to come back to la that was also happening like tons of friends were like you got to come back also my podcast the crab feast was blowing up like fucking crazy really and i felt like uh if i could even i wasn't welcome back on that let's just leave it like as a host <laughs> okay but in the back of my mind i was like i helped build that fucking ship mm-hmm I'll go back and be a guest on it all the time, blah, 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 Because mm-hmm. it seemed like they were really blowing up at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend goes, hey, man, I'll sell you my old car. Just fucking come back. Okay. And I was like, I don't know. But then, like, living at that place, she was so awful. I was like, I'm fucking out of here. And I didn't have enough money to... I was still struggling financially. Mm-hmm. I didn't have enough money to... Um, you know, like find another place, security deposit. And I kind of fucking had it. Yeah. And like, and like, I felt like, uh, I was going to be living on someone's couch anyways. <laughs> so why not live? And that's a lot of negative thinking, dude. Yeah, yeah. So like it switched back to negative thinking. It switched back to, I'm going to fucking fail no matter what. I might as well just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And, uh, when I came back to LA, that was a whole nother struggle. I lived in a, like my friend's guest house in East LA. With like nice. no hot water. Oh, that sounds nice. And like, I, I'm the first person to flip a house they were only renting. I had to like <laughs> fucking clean the shit up. And, and uh, the whole thing was like, the whole thing was like really rough. Uh, and I'm out of it now. What was the but, turning point? Um, last year just went like really well. But 2012, 2013, 2014, hand to mouth, very difficult. Which so you didn't even change your attitude halfway through because of that book? You were just, it, was just it just rough? goes it just goes back and forth. It's a struggle, and no, that book was a big part of it. There's like certain things I do now because of that book, which is like never let on that. <laughs> the podcast <laughs> listeners are gonna laugh because they've heard me in times of weakness. I put out this is like a hundred episode one hundred seventy six. Uh-huh. I'll slip and I'll be talking and I'll go into some negative shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the truth is. Overall, I've learned that I'll never actually be screwed. I'll always be fine. Yeah, yeah. And all these dangers are just in my head. Yeah. And the only I'll, the, the the worst thing that's ever going to happen to me is I'm going to be embarrassed. You could die. Well, yeah, but then I'm dead. Hallelujah. What about Hallelujah? <laughs> you know how much rent costs in heaven. <laughs> You already paid that fucking price. You bought the house, dude. That's why they call it buying the farm. <laughs> you could be mangled or something. Yeah. Something bad. No, happen. that's a constant struggle with me. And I do need outside help. Uh-huh. And I should see a therapist too. 
yeah. just to like talk about all these problems because I'll like build up these little problems into these huge fucking things. Yeah. Your mind just starts going in circles. You get that where it just starts circling around it's some a mess. evil shit. And the best I can do is like go. If I go swimming, I'm good. That's like really? the best drug. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you swimming in, in New York? Did you, did you find a place to swim? This this uh, this past three months, I was. See, I did New York right this time. Mm-hmm. Well, Louis, for those listening, Louis asked me, are you glad you're back? And I was like, eh, could you have stayed longer? And I said, yes, because I found my groove there uh-huh. this time. A lot had to do with... Well, the groove was staying in like fucking a dope place, right? I was right? staying in a dope place, <laughs> and I had some money in the bank. But like one thing, I got to do all the things... You know, all my regrets, I got to like rewrite. That's awesome. One of my regrets was I would have found a gym and like yeah. worked out. Yeah. There's a lot of cheap ass gyms in New York. It's yeah. Like, that's what everyone says. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's very expensive. Like, it's really housing that's expensive that's in New it. York. Everything, Everything else, else is cheap. cheap. Everything else is cheaper than LA, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And taxes in New York are a motherfucker, right? Taxes or taxis? Taxes. I don't know. I'm not sure matter. where I'm paying them. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I joined the YMCA right on 14th. The Jewish YMCA. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> it that It really one. is. Yeah, it really is. It's like they, they, they have like Jewish literature at the Young Men's, what is it, Christian Association? Yeah. Hilarious. Well, <laughs> Hilarious. It's in the title. That's an Christian. expensive gym, though. That's a nice gym. It's like 80 bucks a month. My gym in New York is like 20 bucks a month. Oh, okay. But see, I can only get thin off swimming. So okay. I go, I'm getting a pool. It's winter. I'm yeah. doing this. You do look. You, you lost weight since I saw you. I have. Because yeah. like, not only are you walking out, I ate like a pig. Really? In New York? Drank plenty of beer. But I wasn't swimming like, like crazy, huh? Swimming. Like, dude, if you swim. You, I swim did you, you used to swim on a swim team or something? You know how to swim? Yeah, I swam for years on a swim team. Okay. I can't swim. It's one, I, it's one of the, it's like one of the, the wonderful things my parents, forget a college education. <laughs> my parents put me on a swim team and they didn't force me or anything. Uh-huh. The exercise is amazing. Mm-hmm. I used to do it year round for a couple hours a day. Wow, really? Yeah, and there's just not only does it make you extra healthy, it teaches you bad eating habits because you can eat like a motherfucker if you <laughs> swim that much when you're young too. Yeah, totally. But just the discipline of it, the cool hand Luke aspect of swimming, How which do you, is I couldn't. I tried it for a couple months. Yeah, my thing is first of all, my stroke isn't that. Solid. So I'm veering off into the walls. I don't know when I'm seeing a wall. I don't. I hit the wall. <laughs> I hit the wall. I veer into side walls, and also I can't tell how long I'm doing it for. Right, right, right. You know. So I have no idea what's going. All they, the, the thing I did was I was at my um, neighbor's house while they weren't there. So I just blast an album for like 20 minutes. I'm yeah. like, I know how long this album is. I play 20 minutes of an album, but otherwise, I don't know how you do that at a YMCA. Like, how do you even know? I only do it. You can't tell if you're sweating because you're already wet. Yeah. No, you're sweating. That's what's funny about it. Like you have no idea how gross it is in that pool. You just you just deal with it. But um, two things they they say sports teaches you about life, and and I think it's hundred percent true. Uh, definitely helped me with with stand up. Two sports, if you want to call the second one a sport, skateboarding is very Doesn't much. Seinfeld say like yeah he did yeah. say that, and that's about like trial and error is what Seinfeld brought up. On comedians in cars getting coffee, the Chris Rock episodes, he said skateboarders try things a hundred times before they get it, and that's yeah. what stand-up's like. Yeah, but where it's even more like stand-up is when you're skateboarding and you're doing like these basically stunts. Mm-hmm. This is just like stand-up. If you you have to commit, 
or it'll never work. So you can't go wow. up on the half pipe and do a frontside air and just be like, oh, maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't. You actually have to try and make it or try and slam. There's no karate here, karate here. <laughs> this side of road, this side of road. Little road, squash like grape. That's what it's like, dude. Like you have to go all in and you have to eat shit or you're going to fucking make it. That's just how it is. You can't half-ass it because you're just in the middle of the road. Hmm. Um, but it goes beyond that. And that is there's like thousands of skateboarders who are fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Up to par. They can mm-hmm. do all the tricks that every that the pros can do. But if you don't have an image, if you don't have an angle... Well, this sounds a lot like stand-up now. <laughs> then you're not going to be one of the big guys. Damn. So, like, guys, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, I stopped paying attention to skateboarding. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's say in the early 90s, guys with huge pants mm-hmm. and the hat cocked sideways and gold and pumas and shit, mm-hmm. they could go kind of far. Then in, like... But, like, the first guys that did it, then, like, guys in, like, the, around the 2000s, they, they started wearing tight pants, and they looked like they were in Guns N' Roses or The Strokes or something. <laughs> Those guys were fucking killing it, and it has to do with... Well, I don't know. Skaters always seem to dress cool. I mean, there's also, like, there's a uniform with that sport. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, there's, but, you know. but then there's certain guys, like, there's a uniform in comedy right now. What? Well, it's like it's like the beard and the t-shirt and like the, the like oh, a man. lot of guys. Well, usually, I don't that. wear a t-shirt. I didn't have a beard before a couple months ago. But but, but you know that like 15 years ago, it was like Zach Galifianakis was doing that. I was the I I I think I, I think I was one of the first to say that the beard is the sport coat of the 2000s. That's right, what I the sport coat. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it happen. We've seen the uh, sport coat. We've seen the hoodie. Oh yeah, hoodie I was, was deep huge. in that. I was deep in that. That was the early 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> I mean everybody rocked it, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm not saying dressing differently is the answer, but guys that kind of stuck out, kind of start the trends. The first beard. You have to have the first beard. You have to be the first one. To, like, I'm going to wear a sport coat. No one else is doing this. So, like, as far as bands are concerned, I know Band of Horses was, like, the first beard band. <laughs> as far as, like, indie rock is concerned. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I mean, like, I feel it, it's kind of like... It's actually the same thing with all hipster shit. It's like, I'm wearing these glasses because I can't see. <laughs> I'm growing this beard because I got no fucking hair. Right, so it's right, like, right. I need to do this. Right, right, right. You know? You it's, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a choice, man. Right, right, right. You know? No, no, I'm with you. I'm not, sh- I'm not shitting on any of it. But I'm just saying, like, if you, if you have this, if you could come over, let's forget style. If you come with some kind of image. Well, I, got, I got this Like, new... Mitch Hedberg had, like, a style and an image. Now, those jokes are really fucking cool. But if Rodney Danger, well, that's a bad example. If your average like nineteen forties comic did it, his I think his jokes are Still? special. It's actually my theory. I've told you my Hedberg theory before, right? The Hedberg theory is that. Tell me again. Well, all these people have imitated. I say Hedberg's like the Ramones. Yeah, it seems like it should be super easy to imitate it. <laughs> right. People do imitate it, and it's never as good it's for never some as fucking good. reason. It's never as good because he's that fucking good. I mean, because he's, he writes, they're just that much. They're just better. I don't know what it is. Like it's a two minute song, super fast, but it's better than everyone else does it. I don't know what to it say. It was genuine, you know? genuine, and it was original, and everything else is just derivative. His and his writing is his writing is just better. No, his writing is incredible. But I'm talking about there's certain jokes that are like. That are like a one-two punch that like I could maybe see. Well, here, here's here's what the other thing I say about Hedberg is that um, the thing that all the one-liner comics that came in his wake didn't realize is that somehow through the problem with the one-liner comic is that, in my opinion, is that you don't see a three-dimensional person there. 
Because right. they're just telling these jokes. And you're like, I really don't want to watch this for an hour. You're just telling no jokes. You're just reciting jokes at me. Somehow Hedberg threw one-liters. And, and, and Attell, I think I feel like Attell and Hedberg are kind of the flips of this. And this is an early 2000s trend where it's like yeah. a return to joke-telling comics who tell yeah, fucking yeah, that, jokes. And that, that was actually yeah. our era. Yeah, That's exactly. the era. Like, that's, I had been doing comedy for a while, but that's where the era where I was like, oh, I feel really comfortable now. I'm going yeah. Attell and Hedberg. Yeah, those like were the, the two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, those were the kings when yeah, we yeah, went yeah, in, yeah. in the early 2000s and when, when we were coming up. And I go to San Francisco up. and see you guys, and you guys were heavily involved in that type of shit. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, and so, but the... the the thing about them is, like I said, there's through those jokes that are quote unquote just jokes, they reveal a three dimensional right. person, which is incredibly hard to do. I mean, Hedberg's jokes were all, you know, we always say find a voice. They're all in his voice, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. literally and figuratively. Like, sure, he's got the cadence and the way he talks, but also it's like it's not just one liner jokes. It's like a, it's a, it's a very distinct point of view. You know, you know this this is this is like part of this guy's life. Everything he's talking about, you know it's part of his life. Yeah. Hedberg was a home fucking run. Mm-hmm. Just every little detail was amazing. And I, mm-hmm. I've seen him, I've seen footage of him from like 95. Yeah. Where it was like almost there. Not that he, not that he fabricated anything, but it just wasn't as no, developed. I know what you mean. And he was like, he was still pretty great. But then like in like 98, he's just like on all four cylinders. Just like, it's just a beautiful thing. I like, I like doing that with like, um, Artists where they have the retrospectives where you see mm-hmm. their whole life because it's great because they're just they're it's a lot like standups because always their early art is just like it looks like all the other art that was <laughs> coming out of that time they're right. just doing everything that everyone else is doing yeah and then something fucking clicks right and then it's like what the fuck and it just yeah. becomes something brand fucking new yeah. which no one had seen before I, now, I just worry I'm never gonna hit that but <laughs> you know not blue you're so fucking good. Yeah. I'm I'm embarrassed because I'm so genuinely feel that way. Oh, thank you're you. You're so that's, fucking good. That's nice. uh, you're really great comic. I'm hoping to leap. I want to really make take a leap forward. So I'm trying that with now that I put this last album on. I'm trying to really make a conscious effort to make a big leap forward as far as yeah. quality and stuff like that. But the other thing I was saying, I was actually thinking about this. Just saying like, there's an image thing with skating. This is a new joke actually I'm working on. Which usually I try not to tell these on here so I can save them, but no one listens right, fuck anyway. It. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. I'm saying I'm talking about it on stage. I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna get tits. Yeah. I'm gonna get big old fake titties, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's 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 how I'm gonna be famous, dude. Right, right, right. right. The joke I'm saying, I, I only have one really joke, good joke. It was like people are like, "What? Oh yeah, are you transitioning?" It's like, "Yeah, to superstardom." <laughs> <laughs> you see that America, <laughs> Canada, Germany, wherever the fuck listens to this shit, Singapore. That's what I was saying. That's quality entertainment. Now, Atel, mm-hmm. I can watch him. I can watch. I was watching his Showtime special from like the '90s, and I was cracking you're, up. You're, you hey, your mouth stop. Can't get pregnant. What's that one called? I don't know. No, no. Hey, was, your mouth stop pregnant. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't remember that one. Sounds fucking familiar. That was like a weird hidden one. Like, like yeah. did, wasn't wasn't widely released. Oh, oh, oh. Or was it Captain was Miserable? No, no. This was Showtime. Showtime did half hours. Mark Maron had one. I Are think you serious? Bill Burr had one. David Tell had one, and they were shot in San Francisco. This is like before our time. These were Are you the sure 90s. it's not HBO? It, it I think it's be. HBO. I think it's HBO. Yeah, okay, it's HBO. It's because HBO, I was right? I saw some of those, dude. And what's great about it is like 
some of their stuff is not released in any other format. That's so what I, I'm saying. Yeah, I heard a lot of Attell yeah. jokes that I'd never heard. Yeah, same with CK. CK's yeah. got like a 20 minutes I'd never heard. Dude, and still funny, man. Like, comedy That's what doesn't I'm saying. age well. It's he's still always, so funny. He's always bitching about that. I only had 20 minutes. I've mm-hmm. seen it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, CK's signature mm-hmm. bit used to be the best one was about the... Um, the transaction fees, right? The 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 char- overdraft fees, right? For having like, I have no money. You're going to charge me for having no money. And that was like right. his big, yeah, big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for I guess ten years, but that's not. I don't even know if that's on that special. Like, I, I don't know. I was blown away by it. But what, what were you saying about a tell? Sorry. No, it's just like you know, I'm immune to stand up comedy for the most part now. Yeah. And that, how long did that take you for that to happen to you? It didn't take long. <laughs> but you know, most of it, most of it has to do with. Uh, my own, or at the time, had to do with my own ego. Like, oh, I'm better. I'm better than that. I can see what they're doing. It didn't take me long to see the man behind the curtain with other comics. As soon as I started doing it, mm. I'm like, and especially if I saw somebody twice, <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took. Well, it's like, oh, you're doing the same jokes again. And I'm like, oh, he was really pretending like he was riffing before. Oh yeah, that's that always type a of thing. That's that always type kind of a, thing. a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but a tell, like some of the jokes don't even really work anymore. It's like a different world. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still dying because like he has such a music about him. Yeah, we and, and a personality. Yeah, even even now his jokes seem like a little bit out of time. I mean, he'll say things that I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, all you need is some, all you need to do this in the wrong room. Someone will write a blog about you, and you'll you'll be, <laughs> you'll get so much press. And he doesn't he doesn't want any of that shit. I mean, like it's crazy that he hasn't gotten any of it. Cause I know some of the shit he says is real crazy. I know, but it's always it's so jokey that it's like it's impossible to take him seriously. It's like a cartoon in a way. Yeah, it really it's is. It's like a cartoon world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally is. And you know what? The other thing about seeing him, and this is like this is gonna sound some like humble braggy shit from working the road with him. But honestly. Even people in New York, especially people in New York, actually, you don't get to see the full magic because oh, yeah? the sellers, the sellers, he's just doing fifteen. He's trying out a lot of new stuff. When he headlines Carolines, when he headlines Carolines, and I hate to say this, but it's like it's uh, well, it's okay. No one's listening to this. Take people your time. will go anyway. Take your time. They're. Uh, they're some of the worst crowds he draws, unfortunately. Right. No, that's, because that's just the way. And I love Carolines. They gave me some work this year. Yeah. But that's like, it's it's not the right audience for almost any comedian. <laughs> because it's like people walking past going, oh, we know that guy from this. It's a Times Square it's next crowd. To, if people don't know, it's next to Broadway shows. Yeah, and it's, people it's, it's in Times like, Square. It's right off Times Square. So if someone famous is playing there... Well, Somebody's so, in movies and stuff. They just go, "Oh, let's go see Joel, you know, so and so." Well, Attell also keeps working the the between Christmas and New Year's week. I think to keep him in town for the holidays. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But you know, that's going to drive in more tourists than they usually draw. You know what I mean? Right. It's like a really hardcore tourist right. crowd. And so, I mean, even just seeing him at like the Stress Factory is like it's man, it's just like it's crazy man and it's like you can watch every show and it's different and then and then you almost have to watch every show because like it's like any it gets comic better well, like, yeah it gets, better, gets better but you never know when it's gonna be that one show oh yeah when yeah, it's yeah. like it's the show of the week and yeah, it's yeah. like if you get that show it's like what the fuck <laughs> it's so funny and and especially if it's like four shows into the week you're like I never heard that joke. I haven't heard that joke all week. He just ripped it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, he and just I, had it on him. Dude, I don't even know how he remembers it all. Right. It's right, like crazy, especially right. after he fucked up his probably brain from all those years of drinking, but he still yeah. has like crazy recall, man. Well, uh, one of the only times I saw him, you were there. It was in Irvine. 
and um, it was a Sunday night show. And uh, the, you know, this is a good memory for you. I remember it. You probably don't. Whoa. He told a joke, and then he was just like, "Is that one yours, Louis? Is that one yeah, yours?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It always, it always feels great when he calls you out from the stage. Like I was happy for you, yeah, man. That's what. That's the best part of uh, I, his last special with all the handheld cameras and stuff like that. Yeah. Because there's a moment where he like he turns to the camera and says something directly in the camera. Yeah. And you're watching it at home, and that's. That's that feeling when he right, calls right, me out right. on stage and now everyone can have it for a second. Yeah, you know, they're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. right to you. It's, he's talking right to you. It's really cool. And another time I saw him do a long set was at the Comedy and Magic Club, which is really? a perfect audience for him. But, but that's I, clean. They're, they're not clean, not for, they're not clean for headliners. For yeah, they, they, they have, have to you know, issue a warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 70-year-old guy that used to say the N-word, <laughs> we're going to say some curse words in here tonight. I hope you're cool with it. <laughs> That's so funny, <laughs> um, but but he did this thing. You know how you know there's a there's a rule in comedy where it's threes. Yeah, and he did some joke where I forget the joke and I forget the punchline. But he was listing things, but he was like Skittles, something, something else. <laughs> now and later, <laughs> like he just filled it, and he made it four for some reason. <laughs> he filled in something, something else, <laughs> like as if he was performing for comics. <laughs> that one killed me, man. That's crazy. Just killed me. It's also the thing with him is also it's like. To some extent, it's unlearnable because you can't. It's just un. It's un. I've been at it for a long time, and uh, you know that's that's another like negative thought. You can say to yourself, "I'll never be a tell," <laughs> because the guy's just like that good. Well, that's what I'm saying about like that's what I started feeling about this last album was like not that I want to be a tell, but I just want to like I just want to have that big leap that people have. Yeah, man. yeah I don't know yeah, how yeah, and when yeah, they yeah. have it. What I always want to ask CK, which I never got to ask him, is that like. Like you were saying, he talked about doing that same hour for the first 10 years. And he started to hate it. Yeah. And it was acclaimed. Like, he got on television and even got writing gigs off of it. tons of writing gigs. First of all, his fucking lean years, he's always like, oh, and by the way, I was working on Conan. Yeah, yeah, He's like, what? Well, he does have that period, I guess he crashed his motorcycle and then all you told that story on on WTF on or something WTF. he crashes his motorcycle and then that happens right when the bust of comedy comes and he has like no money and he crashes his motorcycle he's fucked I think about his story all the time where he goes uh, I wanted to he's like I wanted to be a regular person I didn't want to live like a comedian anymore and he Whoa. called Mark Marin, who was in San Francisco at the time he's like this I, I gotta get out of this mm-hmm. and then he got the call to work on Conan the next day wow and I think like there is that thing where I've um I haven't actively tried to quit before, but I've been in the mindset where I like just to give myself a break mentally. I'll be like, I'm fucking, I'm done after this month, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm done. Yeah, it's just so I don't have to worry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done, and then I'm just gonna do something else. But then there's always like these random things coming at you. Where it's yeah. like, ah, you're not done yet because you're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. this is weird like energy. Well, some after a while, you've also like as much as you don't realize you have, and as much as it's hard when you're like. Like you and me both change cities a lot, so we can be a yeah. lot of out of sight, out of mind kind of things. Right. But but people do remember you, and you do get pulled back in because someone out of the ether remembers your shit. You know what I mean? Or like listens to something and decides to bring you back in. Right. You know. Right. It's true. But um, I mean, I've I've thought about it too. It's just that it's like it's like I think you said it. Someone else said it. it was this this girl I was dating, uh, great girl, this girl Jessica. I don't know if you ever met her. That redhead that used to run that room. I'm not sure. I'm um, not sure if I met her. She used to run a room out in like a. I don't know, Pasadena or something like that. But she, I was like, I think I'm going to quit comedy. She's like, all right, so what else are you going to do? I was like, ah, oh, good point. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's weird. If you're drawn to it in the first place and you actually start doing it, mm-hmm. 
there's like something going on. Yeah, but you know, the other thing is that I don't I don't realize how many different aspects go into my enjoying it. Like it's part of it's doing stand up and being funny and all that off. stuff. All of a sudden, you're like, mm. <laughs> it really is a spot. Well, dude, I'm feeling, you know, what's, what was good for me is that, like, I felt like I was over stand-up, and then I fucking finished my album and started working on new jokes. I'm like, oh, I love stand-up again. Like, I just right, hated right, my, right, I hated right, right, my right. act. I hated doing the same I thing. I fucking hated my act. I yeah. hated it, you know? So that feels really good. That's why a lot of comics are into podcasting, too. They might not be ready to change their acts, but they're like, I got to talk about something else. And like it's it's less huh. risk on a podcast. I don't know. I just like to me. I like, um, and I can do it. You know, what I mean, like I always say, I was like funny before I did stand up, so I can riff and tell jokes. Yeah. Shit, but I'd rather have like a conversation with somebody than yeah. try and like right. riff funny ideas. You oh, know, that's another thing that happened in New York. I was in a fucking comedy uh, material rut. Oh, and really? I really that really in two thousand twelve. That's now. when that really changed. Like I have, you know, now or back guys, then. Back then, I was in a material rut. My half hour came out, and I mm-hmm. still couldn't imagine what else material I was going to do. Huh. It just wasn't clicking or anything. Uh-huh. And now I have all new material from from that point on. I, I don't do any of those old jokes anymore. Oh, that's great. You know, that's great. But yeah, that was that was what I was saying about CK though. Is that how he's like? He's like, I did my my whole thing. I was doing the same act for like fifteen years, and then I I don't know if he decided I should start doing an hour every year like Carlin, or if he. Did he get better and that allowed him to do that? Or did he decide to do that and that's how he got better? Like, which a chicken and egg kind of thing. You know what I mean? I think it's like uh, he's going through all this stuff we were just talking about, just that stuff we mentioned where he's like, if I'm actually, it's one of those things where it's like, I heard this skateboarder say this a long time ago. He goes, he goes, yeah, I think about suicide. He goes, but then, I don't know why they were talking about it. Because uh-huh. it's like a fucking skateboard magazine. <laughs> but he goes, you know, then I say, all right, just pretend you kill yourself. All right, I'm dead. Nothing else matters. Well, what else do I want to do? And I think that's like metaphorically what something CK went through. He's like, uh, this comedy career is dead. I can't stand it anymore. Let me do some shit where it doesn't matter. Since my career is over, yeah, let yeah. me do some shit that doesn't matter. And I went through that before I had my first surge in popularity. Like, mm-hmm. uh, You probably don't know this. I was like... Pitching a sitcom with Castle Rock around Hollywood in like 2002. I had like, and you know, I had like a showrunner who used to work on Roseanne. Wow. Like this shit was happening. And and it was just because I was young and like, like a fucking cool skateboarder type kid. Yeah. yeah. And I had like, I don't know, five minutes and they're trying (laughs) to do, this is back in the sitcom. Like every standup gets a sitcom thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, my and that didn't work out, and then like everything was just kind of done, and that's when I went through my first like down. Uh-huh. You know, I had to struggle a long time to get up, but then that was my first down, and I yeah. actually said I actually wanted to quit back down, and I'm like, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this experiment before I quit, which was like very high concept, and mm-hmm. and and you saw the results of that was when I would have like kind of like mediocre one liner material, but then I would brag about how funny it was. Oh yeah, you know, like that's what I was doing for a while, and that's yeah. how that was born. I was like, that was almost like a character. That was almost like, a, yeah, this is absurd. Like, I don't know if this was ever work, but I'm definitely gonna try it uh-huh. before I quit. And that gave like a huge surge. That's you know, awesome. there's a lot of freedom to to letting go. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
I'm just, I know what you mean. It's like, this is not, yeah, you just do what you want to do. What, you know, the problem with that is that, like, and I've been doing that, especially because I just need new material. And it's like, oh, great, I wrote, I wrote 15 more minutes of fucking filth. Like, I can't, <laughs> it can't all be this fucking flim-flam filth, dude. It's right. all, it's just, when I'm like, you just got to write something new, so write whatever you want. Right, it's like, right, right. is it all going to be this... Why not? <laughs> why not? It's weird that I can keep writing it. Like, why is it? How can I write new? If you don't, filth? if you don't censor yourself against dirty, then you won't be censoring yourself against clean. Eventually, some clean shit's gonna come out. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's just, it's just important to strike a balance, and also, like, it's hard to keep an eye on that when you're doing uh, ten minute spots because mm-hmm. you don't know what it's like. I've, I've noticed this when, it, when I'm, when it's all, when my hours all dirty. Like I can work that out for ten, but it's like, man, for forty five, people are like, come on, dude, can you reading, talk? yeah, yeah, like enough, you know. But yeah. I think I feel at least now it's like, um, I feel like a lot of my stuff now is like dirty, and I'm kind of making a point, and I've got a few angles that I'm moving towards that are that can be clean. I wouldn't worry about it. Like whenever I watch you, I don't think dirty. I think smart. Oh, thanks. That's nice. I'm gonna get a beer. Let's All right. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Are we into your episode yet? We're back. Oh, we're back. We're yeah. back. We just uh, checked the time. We realized we did an hour. Yeah, that's right. We're very excited. We don't yeah. know if we're going to give you guys any more. <laughs> if you're good. <laughs> but we do have fresh beers. Yeah. So who knows? I just finished my Apoyo Loco salad. Dude, I've been eating Apoyo Loco salads like three times a week. Apoyo Loco is great. Apoyo Loco is the <laughs> the gift from fast food heaven. <laughs> you don't feel like you're eating junk food. No, it's not. I mean... People, that's another thing about California. People think, just talk about weather and women and weed and stuff like that, but also fast food options, man. Fast, fast food's food amazing. And let's start with In-N-Out Burger. This oh. shit is fucking amazing. It's restaurant quality. It is. And it's and it, and at fast food prices. Yeah. Actually like, cheaper than... I think, cheaper. Yeah. They, what, they got a $7 burger at Carl's Jr. now, but it's like... I'm sorry if I've yeah. talked about this on the podcast before. I can't remember if I have or not. But like, a Pollo Loco... Del Taco, which is actually pretty legit good. Jack in the Box, dude. There's places, there's places in the country where they don't have Jack in the Box. Like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, you know? I don't know. I don't it's know delicious. What What's funny about Carl's Jr. is I think, remember their ad campaign was a $6 burger? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the thing was, is like, they called it the $6 burger as in it's the type of burger you would get at a diner. Like, a, it's a fancier burger. So it's called the $6 burger, but it was actually only for $4. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. Now it's like over six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I haven't been to So Carl's. they dropped the ball on that. I, I haven't been there in a while. I haven't been. That shit is fucking amazing. But but that's on the other side of the fence for me. And that side of the fence is I feel bad afterwards. Carl's Jr. Burgers hit me like a, I get that meat, like someone like punched me in the stomach. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right? You get that? Like it, so It's like not digestible. You. Yeah, yeah. It definitely is something no about offense, Carl's. Carl. Yeah. But, but uh, In and Out feels like you're eating like real food. Yeah, man, I haven't I haven't been there on this trip. I gotta I gotta hit it up before I leave town. We're going. We're going. When are you leaving? I don't know. I might. Get, Let's I, grab Shay. Let's get a fucking team uh, together. Let's go have lunch, man. I did just have a salad, so I think it's time for an In and Out burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do it, man. I love it. I, uh, it's all crazy. It's like I'm supposed to leave on the twenty. 20-